I don't know about you, but I am longing, hungering after this last year to hear good news. I'm just, I'm just thirsting, just, just want to hear good news, to take off my battle armor and just hear something good. Because it feels like the last year has just been just sort of one sort of bad news story after another. It's like, we, you know, last New Year we had the Omicron variant and hospitals filled. And, and then we sort of were able to get beyond that. And then Russia invaded Ukraine. And then after that, then there was the summer of wildfires here and there and climate change. And then it was inflation. And then when we sort of maybe, just maybe got through all that, then there was the fear of recession, and maybe when we got through that, then there were just, again, the immigrant crisis at the border, and then on top of all that, it's cold this Christmas, and newsflash, it's very cold in Minnesota right now, right? So, again, I think we're all hungry, longing for, for good news. And so if you're like me and that's where you find yourself, I invite you to, to come with me. Come with me out to the, to the fields where the shepherds are and to hear the word of the angel to the shepherds. The angel proclaims good news of great joy for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, the Christ who is the Lord. And I give you permission again to take off your battle armor and just feel the goodness of this and the message and just again then see the heavens filled with the angels who respond in praise, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Yes, again, we're, we're hungry and I invite you just to bask in that news. Now, for some of you, again, we're so sort of used to sort of just being inundated with, with sort of what's going on, not only in the world, but, but even in our lives, as we adjust to this kind of new normal, kind of uncomfortably, that maybe for some of you, you'll say, you know what, okay, okay, I, I can, I'm happy to hear good news tonight, and um, well, I know, though, the real world's, like, not that great. So I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm fine tonight, though, for sort of, like, an hour to kind of pretend that everything out there doesn't exist. And I'm just going to cocoon myself in with, like, cookies and carols and, like, nostalgia and, like, pretend that it's okay. Right? This is one thing. Or maybe we want to transcend all of this sort of what's going on out there and kind of make Christmas the perfect ever but I, I would like to, to take us back then to what happens before we hear the shepherds. For, for the way that Luke tells the story and what, what Luke gives us as a context shows that, yes, indeed, that, that first Christmas, there was a backdrop of, yes, indeed, news that was unsettling. For the emperor has decreed that there will be an enrollment, a census, and this is not simply some matter of uh, basic administration. The reason why you do a census is because you want to raise taxes. You want to know how much revenue you can get. Rome needs to fund the bread and circuses to keep the people happy. You get a number of how many bodies you have in your territory so you can know how many soldiers you'll get to conscript and how many you need to garrison in areas to keep the peace. 
Again, the fact that there's a census speaks to the reality, yes, of war and taxes, of policies and politics that affect people's lives in ways they cannot control. And even this census, this causes a great deal of unrest in Judea. In fact, for two generations, including the backdrop of all of Jesus' ministry, there's just this, this discontent that there was this census which went against Jewish religious law. And this would ultimately lead to, yes, ethnic tension and finally outright rebellion in 65 AD when, when the Jews raised up against Rome and Rome came and brutally crushed it, destroying the second temple and laying waste to Jerusalem. Again, the the backdrop of Luke here is a story of an empire gone amok of all sorts of bad and unsettling news. Yes, and we read deeper, some famine and plague is in there as well. All sorts of inflation, you name whatever it was, it was there in Jesus' day too. But it's not only sort of in this grand writ large, it's also what's then happening in this family as as Joseph and Mary need to travel now, overcoming this social ostracism of, of what's going on in your family anyway. And they finally arrive in this town that is of Joseph's ancestry. And you think that there would be some relatives there. There ought to have been, right? This is where Joseph is from. And yet in spite of all of this, somehow there's no real room. And the best we can do is an is a animal trough for a cradle. It's a reminder of a world that doesn't always make room for not only the needy, but even those in our family. It's a reminder that the world we live in is one of often estrangement in our lives, where, again, we're not sure if we have room in our hearts for those in our world. And we humbly and with great sadness acknowledge that there are others in our lives that don't necessarily have room in their hearts for us. You see, the world of Jesus' day was a world of empire and estrangement. And that's the world. That's the world into which the angels still nonetheless say, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. And the angels know about empire. The angels know about all the bad headlines. The angels know about all the estrangement that happens in people's lives. They know this, and nonetheless, they proclaim a word, a word of grace, a word of gospel. The angels know that without Christmas, without the birth of Jesus, the world remains, oh, a world of empire and estrangement. But the angels, again, are going to point to something else here. They're going to bring with them this wonderful proclamation. This proclamation that God has sent a Savior. And and what what this means is, is that God has not given up on earth. In spite of all the crazy headlines, in spite of all the brokenness, God hasn't given up on us. In fact, God has has chosen to intervene, to interrupt, to intercede, to infuse this world with the love that we don't have in ourselves. God's chosen. This is what the angels are so joyous about. This is why they sing glory to God, because God has chosen to redeem and bring about the new creation. God has chosen God has chosen again to not let the human hardness of heart tell the full story. 
And so, yes, there is, there is a world that looks a lot like Luke verses 1 through 7 here. A world, again, of, of brokenness, of power, and dangerous and trembling, foreboding headlines. But that's not the whole story. Again, there's another reality, a truer, a more ultimate reality going on, and that's the reality of angels who are singing glory to God, of angels who are proclaiming that God is still alive and that God is doing a new thing in Jesus Christ and that God's love hasn't yet run out. And so a slightly comical story to to unpack this with you. So it turns out that the church has a Facebook page, and in order for us to have a badge on our Facebook page, we need to respond to 90% of people who text us on Facebook. And I have decided out of my own vanity that it is important for us as a church to have a little badge on our Facebook page, okay? (laughs) And this is just because I want us as a church to be a cool, you know, social media savvy church that can say we have a badge on Facebook, okay? This is important to me. So anyway, this woman this week starts texting us and asking for money. Now, I don't know this person. But I can't ignore it because if I ignore it, then we go below 90% response and my badge gets taken away. Okay? So I'm like, okay. So I start responding and responding and responding. And then suddenly I'm into this long conversation. And now I feel like I've got to give her something, right? I mean, this is, I, I kind of let her along. So I'm kind of convinced it's a scam anyway, but again, I need my badge. So so it turns out that uh, this person wants to meet at a Walmart, okay? And and, no, actually not even meet me. They want me to do the banking through Walmart, okay? So I decide to go to the modern, uh, sort of the modern empire, Wally World, right? That that even Rome is jealous of their economic and administrative prowess. And I'm standing there in line at the refund kind of section, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm here because of my pride and because of somebody else's greed, but we're going to do this. Because I had this sense like somehow I was just kind of supposed to be there, right? I just had something, something, my spy, something was like, I'm supposed to be here. Well, anyway, the, the people ahead of me in line, they're wanting to return something, and for some reason, um, the, the empire of Walmart has decided that returns are not acceptable in this condition. And so it's taken the, you know, clearly disheveled. I can't imagine anything more thankless than being in the refund line three days before Christmas at Walmart, right? So this person is there, and they're trying to explain company policy that there's no refund on this product. And then the first manager comes over, and they explain that there's no refund. And then the second manager comes over, and I realize at this point, though, that the, the person who's holding this, this item in their hand, that it's not about principle anymore. What's going on is that I can see that there's this sort of the shaking, and the person is saying, I'm, I, I need a refund because I need to buy a gift for my grandchild. And, and again, I, it, we weren't about, this was not about principle. This was really about this person needing, needing something, which the three people from Walmart, we're not going to be able to give her. And so I just, I interrupted, I said, excuse me, how much is, is that gift going to cost? And, and it was $19.99. And I said, you know what? I, I'll buy it. Okay. And I didn't, because I'm here on behalf of a church giving money, right? So, <laughs> so here you go. And, and I could just see all three of the Walmart employees kind of like just their shoulders relaxed and the family, I mean, they were just so appreciative, so appreciative. And as I sat there, I thought, you know what? 
I was here out of a strange mixture of pride and greed. But there was actually somebody who really needed, needed money. And there's no way that I could have possibly arranged life that I would have been there at that moment, right? I, I didn't know this person. Like, there's nothing about this was of, like, any sort of my conscious doing. And it was just this, this reminder that we're not alone in this world, right? It, that the fate of the world actually doesn't just depend on us getting our acts together or having the tinsel or lights or cookies or anything at Christmas all in order. But God is doing a new thing. God is choosing God is choosing to love the world again in Jesus Christ. And so what this means for us is that, you know, we all sort of have this grown-up Christmas list of the things that we, we can't buy at a store anymore, or, or they're, they're more than we could do. And there are things that not even by our own ingenuity, our own sort of heart, could, could we bring about, like reconciliation with that estranged family member. Or, or a peace that, that wasn't simply because somebody finally got a big enough weapon that everybody was scared about, but, but a peace that was born out of people regaining mutual understanding and respect of, of ethnic conflict finally being overcome. Or perhaps most deeply of all, that that longing we have to see our loved ones again who have died. Because of Jesus' birth, we can dare to hope for those things again. Again, because of Jesus' birth, because there is the dawning now of the new creation, we can dare to hope for those things that are greater, require more than just simply our love can bring about. And so, to all of you, who are longing for good news, I invite you to come with me. Come with me out and hear the shepherds proclaim that the new creation is dawning, that there is good news of great joy for all the people, that God has not left us to our own devices, our own heart, but God has instead given us Jesus Christ. And so then with all of creation, we can sing glory, glory to God in the highest. Amen.